Welcome, loves. I am so glad you're here. This week, my dear friend Tiffany Bors joins us on End the Calm. Tiffany is a psychologist, a 500-hour yoga teacher, and a mom of four. In this episode, we get into a powerful conversation about the journey of empowerment as women and what that gift looks like as we age. Personally, I just think life gets better and better with age, but it's not always easy to embody that when our culture is still very much sending us a different message. We talk about finding that empowerment and embracing your own divine feminine. We also chat about Tiffany's journey of motherhood as a mom of four, leaning into trusting your instincts, and of course we had to get into a conversation on yoga. Tiffany shares with us her deeper why of yoga and what that's looked like for her as it's evolved personally and professionally. Let's dive in. Welcome to End the Calm Podcast. I'm your host, Georgiana Alexander, founder of Chaos and Calm. I'm an entrepreneur, quantum life explorer, leadership business strategist, and transformation coach. I'm actually obsessed with helping others up-level and connect to their truth. That starts with deep diving into what's possible. This is your community, your home for connection, expansion, learning, and laughter. So join me and my guests each week as we get into all the good stuff, health and wellness, life, business, relationships, and my personal favorite, quantum up levels. I'm so glad you're here. You belong. My dear friend, Tiffany, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. We always get into the best conversations. I love what you're doing with bringing yoga and psychology together. And also we've talked so much about low state of embracing life journeys, especially as women, life journeys into aging. I cannot wait for you to dive into your story because it is such a good one. Actually, I thought of you like it's perfect timing because I went to a new gynecologist yesterday. That's always so nerve wracking. Anyways, mm-hmm. as a woman, you know, a new gyno, you're getting the feel. And I loved her, by the way. She was amazing, super mm-hmm. sweet. But so we had a lot to talk about. And, you know, then you get into the place where she's just conversational while the examination is going on. Right. This. So in the air, like, it's normal, you know, it's just normal stuff that we women do. Right. I turned 42 this year and I live in a place of vitality. I've never really thought much about my age or really subscribed mm-hmm. to any of the ideals. I, I guess, you know, I really did earlier in my 20s because, and I don't even know if you and I have talked about this, but I was working in the music industry in a lot of different areas, like Mm -hmm. working with startups in the music industry. And also I was performing and things like that. So from that mentality, here I was hitting into my late 20s and 30s. If you're not 14 or 18, Mm -hmm. like you're already ancient in this industry. During that time, it really was something weighing on my mind Mm -hmm. and coming up in conversation and hearing of artist conversations and things like that. And I just sort of put it aside. I'm not buying into this. This is total bullshit. And then now coming into 40s, and I know you had 50 this year, right? Yes. Yes. I turned 50 last January. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm at at the end of my my year 50. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, you're you're rocking it. I mean, you're so incredible. So to go back to this conversation about the Mm -hmm. kind of, we're sitting there and she's like, you just look great for your age. And, you know. For your age. I hate that comment. <laughs> no, she, and she meant it so kindly. Like, right, it was so sincere, I'm sure. Because it was it was sincere, yeah. you know. Yes. Oh, I am very healthy and very active, yes. things like that. So it was very sincere. Then she was talking about premenopausal, like signs and things to look for. And I'm like, in the inside, I'm just chuckling. I'm like, oh, are we here yet? Like, is this that? <laughs> is this where I am? <laughs> is this, I'm like, 
this is so bizarre, you know, it just sort of strikes you. I've had conversations with my mom who hates her age being called out. So I'm not, but clearly she's my mom. So you can right. just back it up. Right. I'm not going to name right. the number. Right. And she says, you know, I still feel like I'm in my 20s and 30s. Yeah. Like it just doesn't register. Yeah. I think that there's so much as a culture that we are just mm. being hit with constantly that we're supposed to be something. It's like this yeah. youth culture, right? Yeah. Uh, that we're only valuable when we're young. And yet yeah. as women, as humans, period, but especially as women, we get so good and juicy in yeah. our age. We yeah. just come into our power and yeah. ourselves and knowing who we are. And we've mm-hmm. balanced a lot of different challenges in life at that point. A lot of us are mothers. And it just gets so good to not yeah. step into that with total acceptance. It's so disheartening for me to see and hear. Absolutely. You know? It's like, it's such a takeaway of our gifts and our power to not be able to own that for ourselves. And even those of us who don't own it, it shows up in different ways. Right. And I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. I feel like, you know, I've dealt with this a lot. I've been really faced with it head on in, especially in the past year, turning 50 mm-hmm. and then also letting my hair be, it's now natural yeah, color. Natural. <laughs> right. Like, so beautiful. It looks so thank good. you. But it's like, you know, your whole life when you're kind of told that your whole worth is in how you look or, you know, any compliment that's ever given to you is, is something about your appearance, Mm -hmm. then it becomes very difficult. And I think a lot of us as women struggle with that. I sit with a lot of women who, you know, are terrified of the changes that are happening in their bodies Mm -hmm. and in their face and in all of the physical out exterior of aging, but you're right. Interior of aging. I am so much better for others. You know, I love I mean, how you we, said that. Better for like, you're better for yourself. For myself, also you're better, better for others. But <laughs> others, like, trust me. others get the gift of who they you are do. now. Like the wisdom, <laughs> the peace. I feel like each decade was different. Thirties, I kind of came into my own professionally mm. and felt like, yeah, I I feel like a professional. You're a mom of four, too. right? I'm a mom like, of four. We got to state that you got four incredible right? babies. I have four. Your four hubs. kiddos that. Two are adults. (laughs) (laughs) Two of my kids are adults, you know, and just, you know, coming into that, but also then being a mom in my 30s and being a mom in my 40s, just so different. Just talk about that. Yeah. I've, you know, and I've I've seen that too in talking with women about a lot of us are pushed to have babies very early in our 20s or or you're geriatric, right? You know, that's the conversations I'm hearing. Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, yes, I would not have been a good mom in my 20s. I wouldn't have been the person that I wanted to be as a mom. So that's the thing. Like, we're so much better. How was that for you? Okay. So I have four kids. Mm -hmm. The first two I had in my late 20s. So 26, I had my first child, my daughter, and then I had a son when I was 28. Mm-hmm. So I was the kind of a young mom, considered a young mom yeah. at that time. And I will tell you, it's just interesting to observe with them. I'm a very fiery person. So my spirit was very fiery. That came with some positives and that came with some not 
great things. Like they had the best birthday parties and I did all the stuff, you know, I did all the stuff and I was in every committee and we were going and we were in play groups and we did all the stuff. And so they got the benefit of all those things. I made all of their Halloween costumes, sewed them. I mean, I just did everything. All that energy for But them. I was so stressed out and fiery that I was also often on edge, often losing my temper. They got that mom. We waited seven years before we had another one. My husband and I, we initially, when we got married, we said three or four. We both come from big families. And so we both wanted a big family. Such an empowering decision to wait for seven years. Two blew us away. We were totally overwhelmed. So then when Evan, my second kiddo, when he got into kindergarten, I panicked. And this is a really cool story I've never told you, but I could see this little girl in the in a car seat in my car when we would be driving Vision. or sitting in our living room with us. And she would be wearing my other kids' hand-me-down pajamas. I told Bob, I was like, there's a little girl out for us. There's another little girl out there for us. And we were both like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Can we do this? Can we go back to that? It's so much. (laughs) But I just said, I just, I just have to know. Mm -hmm. I just have to know. I feel very strongly. There's another little girl out there for us. He's like, all right. Let's do it. So go off birth control. Two weeks. I'm pregnant. No. <laughs> it took me forever to get pregnant with the first two. Two weeks. I'm telling you, God was like, hello. <laughs> There's another I just one out love here. your yeah. trust in that vision. I was just like, I got to see this. Okay. So then we flash forward to my ultrasound to find out, you know, what we're having. Yeah. And Bob's like, so what do you think it is? And I said, it's a girl. I told you <laughs> before we like, what? <laughs> Why are you asking me that? That's a stupid question. (laughs) Because A, either it's a girl, like I said all along, or there's another one out there for us, which was an overwhelming (laughs) thought at the time. And of course we did then have have another kiddo and such a blessing as well. So anyway, so we had two more. But back to the original question, the kind of mom that I am with those two, I was 35 when I had Brooke and 38 when I had Reese. And so much older, I mean, you are considered an older mom when you're 35 and you have a baby. Yeah. Without and doesn't that, and it blows your mind when you're in there having these conversations. Yeah, totally. Especially Because you don't places. feel old. I, and I feel like outside of cities like New York and LA, where I've lived a lot, mm-hmm. like when I go to the gyno there versus anywhere other, it's right, a different completely messages. different message and yeah, kind of conversation. I mean, the girl that I went to, to back it up, she came from California. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. okay, this is familiar. But in other in other circumstances, completely different messaging, especially yeah. I would say in the last five or six years. Yeah. So did you feel like that you had support in your decision and in trusting what you knew was right for you? Absolutely. But the, the last pregnancy, I really was very scared. That mm-hmm. messaging of being older, I was very afraid that something was going to be wrong. And in the end, and I won't go into his whole story here, that's another conversation, but in the end, <laughs> And Reese did. And I do think part of that was because I don't know. I don't know why. But anyway, we did have some trouble with his birth. And he had a, a very difficult birth where all of the other ones were totally fine. And I felt very worn out in that pregnancy. I was also ch- driving three kids around all yeah, over the place. So I was exhausted. But and in terms Reese of just has such a fiery personality. Oh, my God. He totally too. does. So he totally. He's, he's like my little fiery guy too. in life. As <laughs> we've talked about compared to your yeah. other three. Right. Yeah. Life as well. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So, re- so then as a mom, I'm much more laid back. It makes me laugh when they'll say things about if I yell at them, I'm like, you don't even know. Yelling. Yeah. I've never yelled at you guys. <laughs> I mean, my poor other older kids got it right. But, but But like the birthday party, I don't have the energy to plan the big stuff. I've never made their costumes. We go buy them. I mean, we still celebrate their birthday and all that stuff, but it's just a shift. There's so much negative communication on those changes. I remember I started my period very young. We're just going to dive into all the women. Yeah, let's talk about everything. Let's talk (laughs) about it. I started my period very young. So even starting that journey so early, there was such fear in me about the change of stepping into and it wasn't Mm -hmm. any conversation of my family. My mom Mm -hmm. was very open and talking with my sister and I about Mm -hmm. things and changes and what that would look like. It was something about the way that my body changed went against what I could sense culturally. Mm -hmm. Like you're not a child, you're still supposed to be a child. So we don't offer support. Right. Even if we do verbally now, it's much more Mm -hmm. common at that time, even if like in that case I had verbal support, but there was so much going against that in culture of how you're supposed to be. There's not the support of just letting us as women be who we are. It's like we're we're constantly given this messaging of having to conform into these different identities and roles, whether it's in our time, and our age and our background, all these different structures, I would say. And none of them really embody the true empowerment we are as women. Give us the opportunity to step fully into our spirit, our soul, our sexuality, our power, Mm -hmm. our brilliance, and our complexity. We like to change every single day. And we're entitled to change every single day. And you know, I think I can remember being panicked turning my turning 40 mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, wow, what's going to happen? You know, just being afraid of, I think mostly the fear of physical changes. I was healthier and stronger and more sure of myself in my forties than ever. Like it was the best decade yeah, by far. Now that's I'm hoping 50 is going to be absolutely. I think absolutely going to be the best decade. I mean, it's And I'm like, 50 is going to, like, good. I'm going to rock that out. <laughs> I don't know if you felt this way coming into your late thirties, but I had this sort of stride where around 39, and I've always been kind of a free-spirited, independent thinker, mm-hmm. something clicked around mm-hmm. 39. I'm like, I don't think I give a fuck anymore. Yeah. And then 40, I'm like, nope, I definitely yeah, don't. Definitely it's like don't. slowly getting more and more pronounced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was excited about 50, but I actually felt a physical shift on every level. And I mean, but in fairness, we're in the middle of a total pandemic. Absolutely. Pan- so I turned 50 <laughs> in a pandemic, but I also hit perimenopause really significantly. So really feeling some physical changes there. And my back went out. And then the whole silver hair thing. Would you like me to tell that story? Tell it. Yes. <laughs> because so, I love it. You've just fully embodied and gone for that. And it's not easy. You know, we've talked I had so about many messages about your, it that were negative. Yeah. Yeah. And you I, know, I love uh, yeah. that you just did it anyway. So tell, tell the story. Yeah. So I've had really dark hair my whole life and put a lot of, honestly, my identity into my appearance and my hair specifically. I started going gray when I was in my 20s. And wow, so you, like, you were just covering it up because I was obviously at that 22 time. Yeah. when I got my first gray hair. I blame <laughs> it on Bob. That's when we got married. <laughs> Sorry, I know, right? But I was also in grad school and genetically. I was coloring my hair very easily. By 25, I was coloring my hair. So for the past 25 years, I've been coloring it. 
every, you know, well, like at the end, it was every four weeks, but within mm-hmm. a week's time, I was spraying a brown like, like a root, root spray like a root to spray. cover it up. I have this beautiful white yoga mat and I love to stand on my head and it would get this brown mark. And I was like, <laughs> this is not working. This is not good. And so that was sort of actually, I, love that that's I know that's what's, I mean, what's my, what are the priorities here, people? Yeah. So like that was And I was so tired of the hours I was spending in a salon instead of out hiking or in nature. I hike Mm -hmm. and kayak and I would rather be doing anything else. So I was really tired of that. It just started to feel like I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I had not my current stylist. My current Mm -hmm. stylist was very supportive, but I had had another stylist who had said, yeah, when you want to look 15 years older, you let me know and we'll let your hair go out. So like those are the messaging right? Like you're going to be old and therefore, and here's the thing we, we are told as women and Mm -hmm. therefore irrelevant Mm -hmm. and therefore no longer valuable. Right. Right. That's the message. Or whether it's understood. So there's so many messages interwoven into the texture of our lives that don't have to be spoken because they're so ingrained. They're just wrong. So (laughs) we, so the pandemic hits, right. And all Mm -hmm. the salons close. I had colored my hair years before, but I had started going to the salon because it had gotten so much white that I really couldn't cover it anymore. But salons close. I thought no big deal. I can do this. I got, you know, ordered a box, get the home kit, get it out, do my hair, no big deal. And when I went to style it, an entire section here, right above my ear, the first round with the hairdryer, it just literally singed and turned to ashes and fell in the sink like completely fried yeah my stylist and I think that I had a reaction to the chemicals and then just also my hair being over processed so my scalp was burned my entire scalp was burned from this and my hair fell out in a huge chunk in ashes in the sink it's like and and you had been having are you been going I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to do this anymore and so the universe said Okay, Tiffany, you're not going to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, really clear. Here's a clump of your hair right. and a big burn on your scalp. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, so you I guess I forced I, listen to your I own instincts. Really it was had, your call. That was it for me. Yeah. I was just like, this is not good for me. I was terrified, terrified. But also I thought, you know what? I've been wanting to do this. We're locked down. We can't yeah. go anywhere. Right. I was seeing my clients still on telehealth. But you feel a little bit of a veil there maybe. So I thought, you know what? <laughs> Nobody's going to see me anyway. I'm doing it. So two years. It's been a year and a half and I just have little tiny yeah, ends of cool. brown I'll at the grow. very... It looks so good on you and too. And just... I feel like you have such vibrance. It's one of these things that as women we don't realize because, you know, we love to wear our makeup and love yeah. to dress up and do things. Yeah. So if you have yeah. that enjoyment of those types of things that you don't realize how much of that is used to cover up and hide behind, right. then you do reach a point where you're just like, I can't do it anymore. You know, I, I cannot do it anymore. show up for this anymore. You have to find another yeah. way to do it. Here's the cool thing that happened. I was so terrified right. of one of my fears. I see in my private practice as a therapist, I see a lot of college students and high school students. Mm-hmm. And I was very worried that they would think I was too old and that oh, they wouldn't yeah. just think that I wouldn't get those so referrals. So I was scared. Your- my my income my livelihood and also my passion right Mm -hmm. to serve these younger women and nobody cared 
<laughs> Nobody cared. The people that have said something have been honestly older women. Oh, so it's because it's rocking the boat of their own. I think so. So I had a mom that called and was panicked a little bit. She wanted me to see her teen and was yeah. worried. I said, you know what? Let's give it a shot and just see. And it was totally fine. I mean, the teenagers don't care. And the little girls, I've had I've had some little girls, I don't see them in my practice, mm-hmm. come up to me and go, you look like Elsa. And I'm just like, my heart just sings. I'm like, yes, I want to be Elsa. (laughs) I knew it would all work out. Yes, it's fine. (laughs) That's been really empowering to kind of let go of. But through this whole transition, it's like stepping into, like you said earlier, letting go of the things that I used to bolster myself up, which were, Mm -hmm. were very physical often and relying on that and letting go of that and just really digging deep to Mm -hmm. my personal power. And you and I have talked about stepping into that personal power Ah. and that woman that you are and that sense of being. Yeah. Which I feel like you could not have connected one to the other from that place. You can't step into who I know you to be right? if you're constantly at odds with that person and not giving that person right. the chance to show up, right? Yeah. I think that when we subscribe to these things, whether we mean to or not, when we feel that inner calling of something, a new direction, right. it keeps us in a disempowered state. And then we're not yeah. fully owning all that we're capable of, right? In these two years, I mean, even in the time that we've known each other, I just see you coming more and more into both this calm place, mm-hmm. but also back to that fiery person, but from yeah. an inner place, from an yeah. inner place of empowerment, not just not just outside fiery, you know, where right. you're going to be. A different kind of fiery, right? Heads up. Yeah. yeah. When exactly. I always think about this, and I tell my clients this a lot, like when we all have amazing traits right we all have amazing things about us and when we're in balance Mm -hmm. those traits come out in beautiful ways and when we're we're out of balance right when we're aligned that fiery part of of my personality can look like passion and excitement Mm -hmm. or it can be out of balance and look a little ragey, you know, a little fiery there. Yeah. Right. So I get that. And, and, you know, and that's the thing is one of the things in my work with people, I want them to know we're not here to change who you are, but mm. to align with who you are. I love that so yeah. much. You know, I do. That's, yeah. Because that's where all the that's good the stuff mission. happens. That it's is... That is what we are here for. I wholeheartedly yeah. believe. Yeah. And I feel like from that place, I mean, you've had so many moments in your life, you know, bringing it to mm-hmm. this conversation about quantum leap. When you're in that trust place, I mean, you've mm-hmm. said it so many times that mm-hmm. things just happen for the yeah. best. You know, yeah. things happen fast. Mm-hmm. Things come together. I mean, look, even down to your pregnancy journey yeah. with when you yeah. knew that was the right timing, it yeah. happened so much faster for you rather than maybe earlier trying to push. When yeah. it was very willful. Like, I want to do this. I'm yeah. doing it now. Totally. And I think so much we get hung up in in this place of the push and not the setting the intention and then surrendering to the outcome. And that's the place where I feel like all the magic happens right. is when we show up and it's not a total flop out like, oh, I'm not doing anything. It's really setting that intention, which is an action. Yeah. And then that surrender allows the flow and the magic and the alignment to take place because you're not yeah. in resistance of what you think it's supposed to be like. It's so easy to forget that, right? And start oh, so easy. pushing. I mean, I know from our conversation, 
conversations. We both felt this in this past mm-hmm. year of getting, I can get really excited about the endeavors that I'm taking on right now, but then I can get really fearful and pushing yes. and, and I have to step back. Yes. I just keep having to remind myself to step back, pause, surrender, stay aligned. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to happen the way it's supposed to happen. It's and, then, to stay- and then things work out. Yeah. That's such a valuable point to speak to is how even when you are on the right path and you are showing mm-hmm. up for what you know is your next step, that doesn't mean you won't have different iterations or changes right. or right. pivots or maybe one direction there's actually a better way and an easier way. It's so easy to forget and it's so difficult, I find, to sit back in that surrender, yeah. that yeah. low state it's- and let things look different than yeah. you have in your head. I know for myself, I get locked in whether I mean to or not. I get really locked up in that, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is how it's going to look. And then sometimes that is the way, but other times, most times, almost all the time it actually looks really different and in a way that I could not have seen coming and it's so much easier and more beautiful and more in alignment to who I am I think that that's the key of you know stepping into a place of alignment with ourselves and really becoming accepting of who we are to our core finding a place where we will give ourselves the opportunity to show up fully that is the hardest thing for those of us where that inner message is so different than the outer messaging that we've always received as we've talked about today that is so hard to step into but when you do we have to pause right I find for myself that when I get into that fear and self-doubt place it's very busy and in my mind right yes and it's yes it's in the mind Mm -hmm. it's like how do we calm drop lower into the body come into neutral and I think it's finding that quiet Mm -hmm. and then it for me it comes in this like whisper Mm-hmm. I'll just hear this whisper and I know it's my wiser self or whatever you want to call that. Like <laughs> I can just hear it. It's like getting out of that place, but I feel like we have to have practices that bring us there. Yeah, I definitely agree with that because if you don't know what that sensation feels like, then you can't tap into it. And oftentimes right. for me, that, right? how do you get there? I have this identity where I was always so productive when I had my caffeine you know, where Mm -hmm. I was amped up on caffeine. The Mm -hmm. truth is when I really step back from that, caffeine overstimulates my adrenals. It hits me pretty hard. I'm not that productive. I'm not grounded when I am most productive and most in magic and most when things are fully showing up in my life just out of the blue. I begin to understand it's from always a place. When I look back over my life Mm -hmm. from that calm, it's not in my head. And I tell my clients too, nothing good is going to come from your head. You're just going to get in this cycle Mm -hmm. of overanalyzing overthinking right. over controlling mm-hmm. and when you can settle down into your body into trust space into a surrender yeah. space that calm exactly and that's what we're talking about in the calm yeah. right? that flow right. state and in it's not calm. just like total zen out space you could be running mm-hmm. around you could be busy mm-hmm. but it's just that place where everything flows there's where you're piece. in surrender yeah there. it feels so good but you're right there. and that's where mm-hmm. i think yoga really has been so impactful i think in both yeah. of our lives for me breath work and meditation actually Active meditation, I should say, to clarify for yeah. all of you listening that don't love the sit in silence meditation. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 
Yes. Uh, breath work for me has been the breath work yeah. meditation. And mm-hmm. then the yoga practice and really mm-hmm. having that time on my mat to settle in. That's been your catalyst too to really transform your so much. your practice, both personal practice as well yes. as with your clients, right? Because yes. you've yes, totally you've now in coming through your teacher training, your five hundred hour teacher training. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we met. Yeah. That you've transformed this into your practice to offer that to your clients because they they need yes. a place to yes. know what it feels like. Yeah. So in my early forties, actually, mm-hmm. I've always done not surprisingly a lot of intense workouts. I've loved. <laughs> I've always. I know, right? That. Yeah. Not surprising. Yeah. I've always loved workouts and exercise, and I've always pushed myself really hard, and it needed to be intense. I was a runner for a long time, and then I did Insanity, which is <laughs> is that Beachbody program cool. or whatever, right? Susan, Old was school. That I did Insanity. It was pretty intense. It mm-hmm. was called Insanity, and then I injured myself. So I started my yoga journey because I was in, mm. and I was not happy about it at all. <laughs> it was not. It was. So you'd too never slow. touched into that before. No. No, it was way too slow. It wasn't a workout, right? I had no idea of the richness and the depth that it has. Mm -hmm. So I started out because I was injured and all of a sudden I started noticing this is where really I shifted and started to find the calm and where I started to find that that fiery part of my spirit was more in balance, right? Mm -hmm. I started to notice that I wasn't losing my temper, that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't so overwhelmed all the time. Things I would normally react to, I wasn't reacting to. And at the time Mm. I was doing it about four times a week, three or four times a week. And then I would mix it up with other things. And bring it into balance. And I had no idea what a chakra was. (laughs) I mean, I knew nothing about any of that, right? And it doesn't matter, right? You don't have to. And it didn't matter. You don't have to. It just does it. It Right? But everything started to feel better. And I just continued with that practice. And then as I was noticing that, I treat obviously a lot of anxiety and I was really recommending it in my practice. Yes, yes, as a therapist. So I was recommending it to people, you know, and sending them to go do it. That was the other thing that happened during the pandemic was a friend of mine sent me this link to a training that was being done by someone locally in my hometown Mm -hmm. who does yoga therapy. So she was had her 1000 hours and whatever. And she was doing that, but she was getting ready to leave. So she did this training yoga for mental health Mm. professionals. Yoga mm-hmm. was an 80 hour training. And I thought, you know what? Why not? It was another one of those times I kind of went back and forth and back and forth. And then I finally called her and I was like, I'm just going to call her and talk it through. I don't know, you know, whatever. If that I little the time. nudge, that little nudge inside. And I've always had this kind of spirit sign of hummingbirds. And while I'm talking oh. to her, she goes, Oh my God, there's a hummingbird. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> you have I'm no in. idea. I'm in. Sign. <laughs> and so, anyway, so that was kind of fun. And Anyway, I did that training and that is when I started realizing I can start to bring this to my clients. I don't have to send them to go do it. That's where this idea of yoga and psychology, blending it together was sort of born, but I thought I need to get my teacher training. So I got my teacher training certificate and immediately went into my advanced teacher training because I just can't get enough. I need to know more, need to know more, right? (laughs) And really to- I feel the same way too, yeah. Right? Just Mm -hmm. blend this together. It has been so empowering 
so inspiring to watch my clients respond so quickly. There's so much benefit in the power of traditional psychotherapy and all of the things that we do in seeing mm -hmm. our patterns. And if you want to talk about the shadow self, and that you're you know, able to facilitate that because you are already have right. the it's training so background in trauma powerful. and anxiety and depression and in all yeah. of the other pieces. Yeah. Then to it's so powerful. That it's so yoga. cool. It's been so exciting. And so I, I developed this website. Mm -hmm. So there are videos on there in yoga for depression, yoga for anxiety and different things like that. And there's some breath work and meditations on there. I'll be continuing to add more. Not just on, hey, let's show up for a vinyasa, but really focusing on mental giving health. a framework of mental health Yes, and how they can take these tools in their own homes, in their own practice and learn to self-empower, right. right? Because I feel like that's the piece with traditional therapy, even if a therapist wants to help self-empower right. it's how do you take that into your home you can't be with everybody in their home and every moment right. of what they're going through and this teaches people how to show up for themselves that's the greatest gift right when you can give yeah. someone the training and the tools yeah. to be able to come into that self-empowered place and know right. that they've got it right and that you're there and for you support know, but yeah and i have always been kind of my reputation in our town is being very strategy based in terms mm -hmm. of teaching people things that they can do to calm their nervous system and using a lot of mindfulness based cognitive behavioral therapy and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know, helping people rethink. And, and you do and some somatic work too, don't you? I do some somatic work mm -hmm. as well. I have the full certificate for somatic experiencing, but I do a lot of somatic work as well, looking yeah. at the sensations and the somatic experiences of our emotions, which is also very powerful. Then, you know, the way that we hold our emotion in our body. So it's just this really cool yes. combination. I've had many practitioners recently reach out to me because yoga alone wasn't bringing them there. We can talk through and see patterns in our relationships and see where the ways our habits or the ways we're li living our life or different things we're doing are tripping us up over and over again. Yes. And talking through some of that can help us find change. That's the psychology part, right? But then there's this whole other part about how do we take care of our body? How do we tune into regulating our mood states with mm -hmm. breath work, with yoga yes. from the inside out and mm -hmm. the outside? I have been fascinated with how much faster people are shifting. I, I had three too. different people yesterday come mm -hmm. into my office that I've not seen for very long with big shifts. And I was just like, wow, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, right? it's so, it's it's so exciting. Just, yeah, big changes. So it's really it's exciting to me. We have those tools to be able to step into yeah. solutions. I think yeah. as humans, most people really just want solutions. They just want yeah, to know what to feel better. do, what to we just want to feel some peace in our world, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, and and we, we do. have we that. that. We, we have that. We just have to tap into knowing yes. what that looks like. I think you're right. There's yeah. such a misconception about yoga being just a physical practice from those who yeah. haven't really spent a lot of time with it. That was probably one of the biggest catalysts for me to really heal on a cellular level my yes. trauma and past and the things yes. I was dealing with. I'd always been very in tune with that, but I came across a shaman who does energetic work as well as teach Hatha yoga. I had been practicing yoga. I mean, I've been practicing now for 24 years. So that was like mm -hmm. 10 years in and I always felt this love hate kind of like you, where it's like I was doing mm -hmm. a lot of other practices, Pilates running less, less impact of where you were, but I would still run and have my gym routine and mm -hmm. Pilates and things like that. Right. And I had gone and 
I loved yoga. I knew I loved it, but I also didn't like it in the sense that I couldn't connect to what it is I knew I wanted from it. And I didn't know the answer. At that time, I just, the teachers that I went to and professionals, they were incredible, but somehow something was still missing for me. But I kept showing up for it. And then when I came across that teacher who was able to connect the dots for me of how to bring all of my intuition and all the things that I knew, even the things I knew but didn't know <laughs> at that time. Right. That you didn't realize you like, knew. <laughs> yeah. And bring that into practice where with those longer holds, it actually releases trauma and anxiety in those familiar patterns on a cellular level. It actually releases it because the science of the breath work is really bringing back in, you know, we can talk about quantum ideas and things like that, but it, it brings in energy and not just woo-woo energy, but actual energetic right. currents, right. as you know, because we've talked right. about for anyone listening, mm -hmm. our breath actually has energetic measurable currents the same way as when we turn a light bulb on and it turns on the electric current so that it can line up a room. Our breath work does that for our entire body. That's the science of yes. yoga is so incredible because even if you don't know what you're doing, you can mm -hmm. show up, jump on your mat. And if you just have an inkling of open-mindedness, it's going Absolutely. to make shift and change in your well-being and in your life in ways that are really unimaginable, I think, yeah. for most people. Oh, is, I just love is, that. We love it. <laughs> We, we obviously love it. We do. We love it. We can we geek out for a it. while. <laughs> and I but it's love cool it. to share the power of it. Yeah. It's really been cool to share the power of that. And most mm -hmm. of the people that I'm working with they haven't done yoga much or they haven't done yeah. breath work. And, and so it's really been powerful to bring that to people. And they have it. And, and see the changes. It. Yeah. I had someone recently that was decided she would try some yoga, but also really wanted to do some breath work. And so mm -hmm. we agreed on a breath work practice that she would do just an Which even breath. You, you she was just going to do an breath even practice. breath. Mm -hmm. And she was going to do it for three minutes, three to five minutes, and then do a little bit of journaling after that. And she came back after two weeks and said, I'm sleeping better. I'm not foggy in my head. I'm not sugar craving as much. Like I just mm. feel so much clearer. That's amazing. And it was like, it? that's so from breathing like from so much less drained breathing. from yeah. if she had had a big business trip that would normally have been very draining during that two weeks and was energized and it was just three to five minutes a day yeah, and then so that cool. you get to see that firsthand yeah with clients I just wish I could tell everybody just breathe, yeah. breathe I know right breathe. it's so annoying people are like oh, I know just breathe right but it's like no really no, people but really no but really <laughs> <laughs> I know if that's one thing that I could really just ingrain in anyone's head listening. Right. Your breath practice and just even drinking more water, those two things mm -hmm. alone can change everything for you. Right. I think it's incredible. Our most basics. I know we've talked a lot about this, but if you could share with everyone listening, the biggest thing for you that's helped you find that in the calm state, that flow mm -hmm. state that really helps you leap into alignment of who you truly are. What does yeah. that look like for you? I mean, obviously we talked about a lot of different things, but thinking back through the course of your life, even before you found yoga and breath, what did that right. feel like for you when you were in that state? I think like so many of us, we're always racing everywhere. Mm -hmm right? We're always trying to get so many things done at once. So for me, it's really about pausing, mm -hmm. whether that's getting on my yoga mat, whether that's sitting on a rock in the middle of the woods, which I love to do yeah. with the sun hitting me, or whether it's just stopping even 
as I'm leaving work, just sitting in my car just to breathe for a couple of minutes before I drive home. I find it in the pause. Mm -hmm. And it's in the pause and in the different ways that I can get myself to slow down and pause, take a breath, then maybe I will journal or write. That's when I find a state of peace and calm, but it's also a state where I can hear, like I said, that whisper, that Mm -hmm. wisdom, that inner wisdom, that knowing of what I really need to do or hear. And that's what it is for me. I love that. I think that's such a great description because, you know, I like to ask that question of anybody I talk to because. I think it's different for each of us. The way that we experience it Mm -hmm. is different. The way it might feel in our different bodies is different. But I think the similarity is in a place of quiet and calm. I think that is where collectively we're able to tap into that alignment and then get excited and grow from there and really let magic come in. It's like clarity then. Yeah. Right? That's where you find clarity. It's so good. Totally. I think we actually all have moments of this. Again, if we don't know what it looks like and feels like what we're looking for, a lot of times it's so quiet and subtle that we just overlook it and don't recognize that those are the most valuable moments that we have and some of the most valuable tools. We just go right by in our busy days or we have these huge transformations in our life that actually have led us to that calling of who we are and knowing what we're capable of and yet we aren't able to connect the dots together because we haven't taken the moment to just sort of sit back and let it align. I love that. I'm so glad that you joined. I love always our conversations. Thank you so much for being here. It's always so good to see you. I hope after this episode, you are fired up and empowered to live the life you are here to live and fully embrace your own divine feminine in all of your many phases and chapters of life. I can't wait to connect with you and hear what resonated. Thank you so much, friends, for listening in. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. There's so much more coming your way on the podcast, amazing guests, episodes, and a lot more happening on Chaos and Calm. Make sure you check out chaoscalm.com for all the news on courses, trainings, classes, events, And while you're there, make sure to check out all the free resources, tools, and inspiration. You can join in more of the conversation and community by clicking the link below for the In the Calm community. All my love friends, I hope you have the most amazing week ahead and see you soon.